Morning, everyone. Thanks for you that uh, are on spring break and chose to stay here for a few days. And the rest of you, if you haven't had spring break yet, don't move, okay? Just stay with us, all right? Hey, um, with the, um, the failure of our technology, we're going to uh, shorten things up, and I'm going to let you guys go here in about 10 minutes. So, uh, just kidding, April Fool's. Uh-huh. <laughs> You guys had no clue. You guys were all into that one, weren't you? It is great to see you here this morning. Today, um, I want to talk to you about, um, on this slide here, it says Exchanged, okay? And it's, it's, uh, uh, in the next couple of weeks, we're in a series called Exchanged. And, and, and today, what I want to talk about, I want to talk to you uh, about really that song we just sang where it said, you hold it all together. And so um, the, this morning as we engage in that, if you want to turn, to, turn uh, with me to uh, the Gospel of Luke, I'm going to be reading from a passage of Scripture there found in uh, chapter 4 here in a few moments. So please uh, kind of get, get there and uh, you can follow along once I, once I get to that point. But today I want, I want to share with you a couple of things. First of all, I want to share with you that I love photography. Photography is one of my passions. It's, it's, it's more than a hobby. It's, just, it's something that I just absolutely love. And with that, one of the things I like to do, I like to go on the internet and I like to look at other artists. I like to look at other photographers and their, and their work and what they're doing. One of the aspects of photography that I really love is photojournalism. Uh, and, and in particular, in the photojournalism, I love looking, I know this is going to sound kind of odd, but I love looking at uh, guys that are war photographers or combat photographers, where they literally embed themselves uh, in very hostile situations and, 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 and document things that uh, typically we wouldn't see. And what I like about it is not so much the, um, uh, you know, the, 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 the gruesomeness of it, but, but what I like is the story that they're telling of what's taking place, of, of why this particular conflict, conflict is happening, and those kind of things, the story behind it. And so with that, uh, just recently I watched this movie called The Bang Bang Club. And I don't know if you've ever seen that movie, and it's a great movie. The language is a little bit dicey, so if you do watch it, I don't want to you know, come back and say, hey, you gave credit to this movie. It's, it's, but it is a good movie. It's based on a true story. And it's based upon these four photographers that were immersed in the apartheid in, in uh, South Africa in the 90s with uh, Nelson Mandela and, and, and what was taking place over in South Africa at that particular point in time. And these guys got their nickname, the Bang Bang Club, because they literally would go out into these, these, these moments of conflict, these moments of, uh, we're talking just... Just all kinds of craziness taking place around them, and they would document what was happening. And, and uh, two of them got Pulitzer Prizes from their work, uh, uh, demonstrating and showing what was taking place uh, during that time of uh, of unrest in, in South Africa. Uh, two of them uh, actually died around that particular point in time. But it's very interesting for me. I, I, I watch that movie, and I, and I look at these sites, and I look at these images, and it really stirs me. I mean, it stirs me emotionally. I look at it and uh, some of these things, and I think, how have we got to this point? How has mankind, how can mankind look towards other mankind and do some of the things that we do to, to each other? James Noctway is another uh, guy that, uh, that uh, documents uh, uh, conflict and, and all kinds of other uh, things within our, within our world, essentially chaos. Um, he has one image that once I saw it, I mean, it literally just... 
It just grabs, it just grabbed a hold of me and I can't get it out of my mind. And what it is, he, he documented the famine taking place in the Sudan, the famine that's controlled by other tribes and things. And so with this, in this particular photo, there's this grown man that, that's, I mean, just basically a skeleton. And, and I know this is kind of PG for us, but he's, he's, um, he's on all fours. He's on his hands and knees, walk, kind of just walk, kind of crawling or whatever he's doing to a feeding center. And you look at that and you're like, how do we do this to one another? How has it come to the point to where man can do that? In fact, James Knockway in his, in that particular photograph, he, he has the caption underneath that says that this is one of the, uh, the oldest weapons of mass destruction and that's controlled famine. And it's just, it's just, I, I just look at that and it mind boggles me. I've seen children, you know, seen images of children sitting through the dump for food. And you look at that and you're like, how is this possible? This is not the way it was intended. Eyes that see. Remember that uh, the organization that we support, the mission uh, in Ethiopia that's doing an incredible job with women that are going into the uh, brothels and prostituting themselves just to feed their family? That's stuff that, that is, you know, when I think about it and I see those images, it's, there are things that, I, I'm telling you, it challenges me. It challenges me because I feel like at times I live in this insulated bubble. And it's like those are the types of things you don't want to see because it challenges our way of life, which I think they should. Because as we look at those things, we see the atrocities that communicate that we live in a fallen world. We see the real atrocities that many of us, you and I, don't face living here in America, living in Adrian and Blissfield, Michigan. We don't see this stuff. Now, around us, we do see uh, our economy, uh, how it's uh, uh, demonstrated incredible need for people. And there are some homeless people and there's people that, that are uh, you know, going to different places for food and stuff like that. But on the most part, we don't experience things like that we, you know, that we see that I'm talking about. And I look at that and I see chaos I see a world that's in chaos. I see a world that is like, this isn't how God intended it. Back in Genesis, when we read uh, of God creating the world, he said after each, after each thing he created, he said, and it was good. Guys, it's not good, is it? And you look and you see, and you see that the impact of sin has, has this incredible negative devastation on mankind. But then on the flip side of the coin, I see order. So you got chaos over here, and then on the flip side of the coin, you see order. And in fact, to the point to where I contacted a, a friend of mine who's also in the ministry, I'm like, man, I'm really struggling with this. I, I'm, I'm really thinking about this, and, and one of the things we're talking about, and I'm referring to this, referencing this Sunday, and I said, you, you see the chaos, you see the, 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 uh, uh, you know, the fallenness of man, the, the sin has in the world, but then on the flip side, you see order, which is almost as if, the fall didn't affect the order, like the laws of gravity and some things like that. And I started thinking about that, and I started thinking about you know, some, of, some of that order, which really demonstrates and gives God His glory, such as the universe. One of the, I think something that's really fun to do is go on the internet and just kind of type in the universe, uh, the, like uh, you know, amazing facts about the universe, things like that. And, and I'm definitely not an astrophysicist or a scientist or anything like that, but one of the things that really amazes me, just simple things, is how, our, how the earth is tilted on its axis a little bit. And if, you know, they said that if it, that would change by like one, one degree or something like that, the earth would either go up in flames or f- freeze or something like, I don't know, bad stuff, put it that way. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, wow, you talk about order. 
And then how our earth is in a galaxy and how we, you know, or, or first of all, we, we're in a solar system and how we're, we're going around the sun and all this other stuff. And then we're in a galaxy and, and it's, going, it's moving and it's like everything is moving. And you look at that and you think, man, there's order here. There's something that, that seems to communicate that there is a God, I mean, which I believe that God created all this and that there is order. Even though we experience this chaos, there is some level of order that's taking place around us. Even with birth. I mean, those of you that know my wife, my wife and I's story, you know, it took us uh, for, a, for a long time to get pregnant. We couldn't figure out why, other than God protecting mankind, not letting me produce myself, right? And I'll give you that. But other than that, we go to the doctor and it's, you know, they look at us and they say, everything is fine. We don't understand why you can't get pregnant, why you can't have a child. And then later on, we're able to have a child. And then just looking into that, if you've ever spent time just thinking and looking and reading into the whole birthing process, it is absolutely amazing how things work. Things that are completely out of our control. How the the egg and the sperm come together and they begin to multiply and divide and all that jazz. And then then things start to form and and this appendage forms and and then this one forms and then this happens and this happens. And this starts to happen, but then a certain time it clicks off and this one clicks on. Because if this would continue, then there would be some, you know, abnormalities and things like that. But for the most part, there's this sense of order as it comes through birth. And then nine months later... Roughly, when it's time for the child to be birthed, it's amazing what happens is this child is in this sack of fluid, right, that, that, that protects it from bacteria and things like that. That gives way. The child then begins to turn and drop and angle itself and all this other stuff so that it can go down and actually pass through the canal. Talk about order. This isn't like you're sitting there as a, as a woman and you're pregnant and you're getting ready to give birth and the doctor says, okay, in about 20 minutes I'm going to need you to make sure that child turns and begins to drop, Right? It happens all perfectly. Order. Chaos. And then you have this glimpse of order. And it's like, holy cow, how do you rationalize the two? Some of you may be thinking, you need to just quit thinking about this stuff, right? I agree with you. I probably do. But when I think about all that, I think about Luke chapter 4, verses 18 through 20. And if you're there, I want to read this passage of Scripture to you. And I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. And essentially, this is, what, this is what the gospel records of Jesus. Uh, Luke chapter 4, verses 18 through 20 says, The Spirit of the Lord, he, Jesus comes, He's in the synagogue, and He begins to read from uh, the, the, the scroll of Isaiah. And so He opens it up, and He reads this passage of Scripture that says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, and sat down. And guys, I don't know if, if, about you, but if I was there, I love the way this, the New Living Translation articulates this last sentence. It says, all eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently, as they should. Because what he was saying was this, I am the anointed one. The one that you've studied, the, the one that the, that the prophecies have communicated, has talked about, has prophesied that said there's going to be a Messiah, there's going to be a Savior that comes into this world that's going to save people from their sins. In fact, this is the exact passage they had that's going to anoint, that's going to deliver the good news, proclaim captives will be released, all that stuff. I am that person that this prophecy is talking about. This prophecy has been fulfilled, at least the portion of it. And that's where he stopped at that point in time. And all eyes were engaged on him. That's a pretty audacious claim of himself. 
Essentially what he's saying, guys, this is the inauguration of my ministry. I am starting to minister today. This is the onset, which it was. This is the onset of my ministry. And this is what I'm about. This is what I'm going to do. In fact, to the point to where as he goes out and begins to heal, he begins to teach, he begins to do all these things that, he, that this prophecy said that the Messiah would do, John the Baptist, his cousin, was out baptizing, and he sent his disciples over to this person of Jesus, which he, he knew was his cousin and everything. But he sends his disciples to say, Go check him out and see if he really is the Savior, the Messiah. And Jesus looks at him. They come and they question. They said, are you, are you the Messiah? And Jesus says, well, tell me what you see. Are the blind being healed? Are the blind able to see? Are the captives being released? Are the oppressed being set free? The Lord's favor has come. And as they saw that, they, said, they witnessed that this is exactly the fulfillment of the prophecy. And they go back and tell John the Baptist, we found the Messiah. But Jesus is saying essentially this. This chaos that you experience, this affliction, this oppression, all this junk that you're experiencing in this world today that shouldn't be here, I have come to bring order. My ministry is the onset of that order. Next week we're going to talk about him really bringing into conclusion that, that through the death and resurrection, making, making it final. But he comes and he says, this is the inauguration of my ministry. I am coming to correct what is wrong. I am coming to put an end to the disruption that sin is having on this world that my, that, 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 that my father has created. I, am, I have come to bring healing, to make things whole. I have come to, to set the oppressed free. By the way, I have come to minister to the outcasts, you know, the ones that you don't want to touch, the people that you don't want to talk to, the ones that you've really devalued, you really have dehumanized, the ones that you've shoved on the outcasts of your city because you don't even want to see them because they have sicknesses and diseases and you've just shoved them away so that you don't have to look at them or deal with them or even come in contact with them. By the way, I'm going to bring them healing and hope. And value. That's my ministry. I'm bringing order to this chaos. Is what I'm doing. And so today. It's very interesting. Because Jesus stands and proclaims. The inauguration of his ministry. And then so many years later. On, on a Sunday that we would call Palm Sunday because he began to ride into town on a colt. And as he began to ride, and that's what we're celebrating really today in the Christian calendar world, uh, is this Palm Sunday. As Jesus began, we, find, we read about this story in Luke chapter 19. As he begins to ride into Jerusalem on this colt, these people, after they've seen him do some of these miracles and do the things that he talked about, they're having this, 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 the, 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 they're, absolutely getting behind it, and they, they start throwing their cloaks on the ground. They start throwing palm leaves on the ground, or palm branches on the ground, as he begins to ride through, indicating, this is our king. We are acknowledging this is our king. The problem was, they were thinking this king was coming to free them from spiritual tyranny, or from political tyranny, when in fact, they missed the whole boat. In, in Luke chapter 19, verses 36 through 44, it says this, As he rode along, the crowds spread out their garments on the road ahead of him. When he reached the place where the road started down the Mount of Olives, all of his followers began to shout and sing as they walked along, praising God for all the wonderful miracles they had seen. Blessings on the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven among the crowd. Or peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. But some of the Pharisees among the crowd said, Teacher, rebuke your followers for saying things like that. 
And he replied, If they kept quiet, the stones along the road would burst into cheer. But as he came closer to Jerusalem and saw the city ahead, he began to weep. And he makes this statement. How I wish today that, all, that you of all people would understand the way to peace. But now it is too late. And peace is hidden from your eyes. Before long, your enemies will build ramparts against your walls and encircle you and close in on you from every side. They will crush you into the ground and your children with you. Your enemies will not leave a single stone in place because you did not accept your opportunity of salvation. Jesus saying, you've missed the message. You've missed the message. This message of my inauguration saying that I am coming to bring peace, you have missed it. What do you mean we've missed it? We're shouting and saying that you are a king. You've missed it because I'm not coming to bring, I'm not coming to bring um, release from, from political tyranny, freedom from political tyranny. I'm coming to bring spiritual freedom. I'm coming to release you from bondage of, of sin, from the bondage of, of, of what this fallen world has done. I have come to bring you order in this, this world of chaos. But they had missed it. And Jesus, out of His humanness, saw that and expressed that through his emotions began to weep, saying, you of all people, you had all this knowledge, this prophecy indicating what it was about. I wonder how many of us in here today may be sitting in here and we're missing this message today. Where Jesus is saying to us, I'm here to bring order to your chaos. I'm here to bring peace to your life that is being upheaved right now in the middle of your chaos. I wonder how many of us, truth be known, some of us in here, we're, we're, we're struggling with that message and we, we get so... And I'm not trying to minimize what you're involved... I'm not trying to minimize what you may be experiencing within your life, but we become so entangled, so caught up in the particular chaos that we have that we begin viewing our world just like this, what we've been talking about, where our limited perception brings it down to this, and we miss out on this message where Jesus is saying, I'm coming to bring you freedom. How I wish today. And I wonder if some of us in here this morning, this message would come out to us. In our, in our world, it's been turned upside down by chaos versus order. And Jesus is saying to us, how I wish today that you of all people would understand this way to peace. This way to order. This new way of living, this, this, this completely altered way of living, my kingdom, not this, not this earthly kingdom, but my kingdom. For those who has lives that they don't sense God's order in it, but instead you sense this mass load of chaos that you can't seem to get connected. Where in your family you, again, have these pictures where your kids aren't living up to what they should be living up to, or you may just be experiencing some unexplainable chaos within within your family maybe your spouse has looked to you and says i no longer want to be with you or, or 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 whatever relationships within your life or families that don't represent a family that's influenced by god's word being alive in it whatever it may be this message is coming out where jesus is saying i have come i am the anointed one i have come to bring you good news i've been sent to proclaim freedom from this bondage of captivity that you live in this, this chaos, this stuff that you experience on a daily basis, I have come 
to release you from that and bring freedom. Guys, with that, I think there comes a message from the Apostle Paul that is a message of incredible hope found in Colossians 1, 15-18, where he says this, even as we experience this world of fallenness, this world of sin, that's wreaked havoc with sin, we look around, we see men doing things that, that are just unspeakable to one another. We see all this junk. We begin to question, is there any order whatsoever? And yet Paul comes out and says this, and again in this passage of Colossians, he says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through Him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can't see and the things, or the things we can see and the things that we can't see such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. And then he says this, Everything was created through Him and for Him. He existed before anything else, and He holds all things, or He holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is His body. He is the beginning supreme over all who rise from the dead, so He is first in everything. But that verse found in uh, verse 17, He existed before anything else, and He holds all creation together. I don't know about you, but sometimes when I live in this world and I see the chaos and I experience it and I encounter it within my life, sometimes I wonder, is Jesus really in control? But I know and I believe that He is. As Paul writes, He existed before all things. As the worship team comes back, we're going to close here in a few moments with a couple more songs, uh, worshiping God through, through our songs. And I want you just to engage with the words um, to these songs. By the way, I just want to say this too. I hope you really paid close attention to the words of that song that we sang right before I came up to speak. He holds all things together. I just want to say this. I hope that you guys understand that when we pick songs that we sing, it's not because it just has a catchy tune and we'll just play that and we'll just turn the volume up and just really get into it. It has nothing to do... I mean, that that has nothing to do with it all, with, with it whatsoever. The stuff that we pick are things that we thoughtfully pray about and ask God to enlighten us. What are the things that we need... Even in our songs, what are the things that we need to sing? He holds all things together. That's what we sang. Here in a few moments, we're going to sing Because He Lives. I can face tomorrow. Do we truly believe that? Or is that an aspirational belief, right? Do we truly believe that living in this world of chaos, that Jesus holds all things together? That regardless of what I may experience, and again, I'm not minimizing what you may be experiencing, but that Jesus is in control, that He existed before all things, that He created all things, and every single thing that He created was created for, through Him and for Him. Do we truly believe that? Do we truly believe that we can face anything Anything in our lives, as long as we have the power and that, that resurrection power living inside of us through Jesus Christ. He existed before anything else and He holds all things together. Guys, to me that brings incredible hope. That is incredible hope that, come, that, that just comes through the Scripture. And this is where I get passionate about. And this is where I want to tie it clear back around to those images of the photographers that I like to look at. When I look at that stuff, the question I have, when I start questioning things, I question myself. I question what I'm doing. I stand up here week in, week out. What is it that I'm communicating to you guys? What is it that we talk about? What is our conversation? Because there is a world that's full of brokenness. There is a world full of, 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 of no hope that you and I live in. And I look at these things and I ask myself the question, where is the church? Isn't that a fair question to ask? 
Where is the church when we experience these things? When the world is experiencing stuff that they shouldn't experience? When mankind is experiencing things that, sh- that, that God never intended for them to experience? Where is His church, His body that goes out in a force that says, We have hope for you. There is hope for your brokenness. And when I say church, I'm not talk- just talking about element, although we're in there, we're part of His church. But I'm talking about God's body. Sometimes we sit idly by and we say, you know what, I don't want to look at those images because if I look at those images, it's going to challenge this insulated bubble I live in. And let's face it, guys, a lot of times where we become very disenfranchised is is where we don't receive the things in which we think we're entitled to receive. And I think it brings great sorrow to God. Because when I read this passage of Scripture, I believe Paul's saying, we live in a world of fallenness, but Jesus Christ is holding all things together, and there is hope. And one day, as, as Paul would go on to talk, that every single knee will bow before God and profess that Jesus Christ is King. That's going to happen. But I question, where are we as a church The masses, are we not going out proclaiming this incredible hope? And by the way, this hope, like we talked about last week, is not founded in you. You don't have, it doesn't rest upon you. It rests upon the the person and the work of Jesus Christ. All we have to do is go out and share what has happened. So here's the question, though. Have you had the exchange? Have you had the exchange? And what I mean by that is this. All the chaos that you may be dealing with, and some of you may have already had this exchange, but the chaos, the junk in your life that you may be experiencing right now, the stuff that you can't bring resolution to, you can't get resolve over, that chaos that happens to you because you live in a fallen world, that kind of stuff, Jesus, and I don't understand this, guys, but this is the incredible message of Jesus Christ. Jesus, out of His incredible love, mercy, grace, looks to us and says, I'll take your garbage... And let me give you blessings. Someone's on the short end of that stick. And it's certainly not us. But that's the hope that Jesus is saying. I hold all things together. I'm bringing healing and hope into this world that needs it. And so my question is, have you had that exchange? Because I truly believe that we as the body, if we have had that exchange... I don't know how you can go out into the world and not talk about it. Because that's a huge exchange. And by the way, I'm not so sure we need to use the word exchanged in the past tense versus exchanging. Because I believe as we live in this fallen world, you and I are going to experience chaos. You and I are going to experience things that's just going to happen to us because we live in a world that, is, that, is, that, that Satan is having freedom in right now. And we're going to experience stuff on a daily basis. We're going to experience relationships that go south. We're going to experience things that just aren't right. And I think that it's a continual process in this journey where we're, totally, where we're exchanging in the, in, the, in the present and the future. God, I'm up to my ears and my eyeballs in this again. I need your peace. I need your love. I need your mercy. God, I've become distracted. Jesus, I've become distracted and I've lost sight. 
I've lost sight. I've lost, I've lost focus here. I've lost perspective. And I need help. Maybe today's the day you've never made the exchange, and today's the day you say, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to surrender my life to, to, to Christ. He holds all things together. I'm going to, I want to encounter Him the way that He wants me to encounter Him. And guys, I believe that the Spirit of Christ is here today wanting you to encounter Him in a very significant way. Whether you are in the process of exchanging, you've already exchanged, but you're, again, we live in this world, so you're continuing to exchange, or maybe today's the first day you start that process and you surrender your, you're surrendering your life and your heart over to Christ and you're saying, God, take it, take it. Because truth be known, there's no way I can deal with it. I can't do this. And so today, I hope that we all find that hope. Or have found that hope, but find that hope. And guys, like I said before, this isn't based upon you. It's not founded upon you. As we leave here today, I think the most incredible message that can go out into this world is a message of hope. A message that says, you know what? There is peace to be had here. There is order that can be obtained by trusting in Jesus Christ, who desires and pursues to have a relationship with you. But it's not based upon you, and it's not based upon your strength, your wisdom, but it's based upon the person and work of Jesus Christ. Have you exchanged? Have you taken your garbage and said, you know what, God, I don't understand why you want it, but I'm willing to make that exchange. Maybe today's the day for you. And maybe today's the day that some of you get re-energized, get revitalized, get made over. I don't know how else to word it. But maybe today's the day you walk out of here with a sense of peace that you haven't experienced in a long time. And you're going to go out into a world and demonstrate that Jesus is alive. Would you just engage with us as we continue to close, as we continue to sing and bring God glory through song?